This is Football 401k, broadcasting on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now your hosts, Bo Repka and RJ Choppy. Welcome to episode five of the Football 401k. I am RJ Choppy from 105 through the fan. He is Bo Repka of the Football Glory Hole, and we have a great show in store for you today. We got a little bit of a look ahead. We got some best bets. We're going to look at some deceiving records in uh, uh, various divisions around the National Football League. Uh, And of course, the uh, the Pizza Money Parlay, which is uh, my favorite. And we we, I think we won two of these last year. Uh, So we're going to go uh, try to get our first of the season this week on a little twenty nine and a half to one three team parlay that we have. But let's start uh, with looking back uh, at week three of the National Football League and maybe a little bit of college as well. Uh, first off, the Cowboys-Eagles. Uh, Bo, I, I don't know. I didn't understand the line when it came out. I didn't understand the line when it was settled at the kickoff. Uh, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. The Cowboys are way better than Philadelphia, and I think everybody should have known that. And that was a uh, that, that was probably the best game they put together in quite some time. Yeah, man. I mean, you were all over it, right? So this line closed at cows minus three. And RJ, you nailed it. You did. You took it at the four, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't need the extra point, uh, which generally speaking, you know, if you want to bet uh, a favorite, you kind of do wait till the, towards the end of betting because the public money generally will come in on, depending on who the favorite is. Now, the Cowboy game could have went either way. It didn't matter. You didn't need the point. The point. We always say points matter in the NFL. Generally, they do. Not in that game. But I didn't understand it either. Philly was getting overvalued, right? They were 1-1 one one coming in. They were 1-1 one one ATS. And the only game they won and covered straight up was against Atlanta. Well, mm-hmm. obviously, Atlanta, they are who they are who we thought they were. Like, coming in the season, like, they, they stink. Are. So, uh, I didn't understand it either. The Cowboys were 1-1, one one, but they were 2-0 and ATS. Yep. And now they're 3-0. and ATS or three and O ATS and RJ. We always say good teams win, great teams cover. And mm-hmm. we proved last year, or just didn't prove we didn't prove, but we reminded everybody if you don't cover spreads, you don't win Super Bowl. So if you want to be legitimate Super Bowl contender, and people think, oh, this is just for sports gaming or whatever, no, it it correlates because and the reason why it correlates is because if you don't beat Vegas's expectations more often than not, then you're probably you're more vulnerable in any one game setting. Mm-hmm. If you're exceeding expectations, you're less vulnerable in a one game setting, which is always what the NFL is regular season or playoff. It's a one game setting. That's why things move and shift so rapidly. But, you know, if you look at the quarterback situation, I've heard you and Sean talk all week about it. I mean, we told you we didn't feel like Hertz was, you know, a valid NFL quarterback. He might still be, but I think most people are of that opinion. Now, we told you he was ninth, right, after two weeks in APA plus CPOE. Now he's 22nd. So we said he wouldn't finish top 10. You're seeing it kind of move to where he is, right, probably going to settle around. And Dak, on the other hand, is going the other way. Dak is all the way up to number 11 now, EPA plus CPOE. And I've been hearing you guys talk about his QBR is not where it's normally at. You know, pro football focus isn't grading him as, you know, where they kind of normally do. I get all that, but the efficiency numbers are there. This is – I agree 100% with you guys is the best we've seen that play from an overall standpoint. And I think personally, uh, and I, I can't remember who said it 
the other day. It was a former quarterback or something. I think it was Favre maybe. The injury, you know, has limited his mobility. Now, yeah. whether that's a real physical thing or it's in his mind, right, he hasn't gotten quite over the hurdle. Either way, he is making quicker decisions. He is getting rid of the ball at a rapid yeah. pace. He's being incredibly efficient. And with those weapons – Man, they're going to cover a lot of spreads, especially if they keep getting undervalued yeah. like this or teams they play get overvalued. The Cowboys could be a huge moneymaker this year. They, they could, and that's, that's interesting that you brought that up because we talked about this this week. And I personally think that this Monday night game, it was a nice run, but I think it ended the Cowboys being undervalued on the year until I look at the line this week and it's four and a half. I think it should be more than four and a half <laughs> against Carolina. I think Carolina's getting too much overvalued here, but... Uh, do you think the Cowboys are still a tad undervalued in Vegas? I think that we're at the water level now. Uh, we'll go over that game here a little bit, but right now it's zero point delta uh, per our algorithm. So I think that they're right now. I mean, the computers gave the edge to the Cowboys last week. You love the Cowboys last week. You and the computers were spot on, right? They were easily the better football team. This is going to be one of those watershed games this week for not only public conjecture, but analytically too so it's gonna be a great game this is one of those measuring stick games if you want to call it that but we'll get into it but it's gonna be a great week this week uh last week in the super contest we also went four and one great week for us right yeah only letdown was uh the stupid football team from washington uh choppy their defense 29th in dvoa this year and we talk about all the time how unpredictable defenses are but i don't like i have a problem with things being unpredictable i don't like to accept that And I started thinking about it and digging in a little bit more. And I don't have the numbers in front of me yet, but I'm starting a study to try to make that more predictable than we've seen in the past. And one thing I've already found is it's not just the, you know, because you can say strength of schedule, whatever you want to in NFL once the cake is baked. But if you look back at the level of competition in certain, uh, I guess, brackets or in certain um, groupings, of who they played. So in other words, if you took what was Washington known for last year, their defensive uh, line, right? Defense, oh, it's the best defensive, defensive line, line of all pass time. rush. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look back just in looking at some of the ratings, some pro football focus, some of that stuff, they also compiled like one of the worst pass protection go against in the entire NFL. So maybe if we start to pay attention to disparities like that, it's hard to do in season. Yeah. But like I said, once the cake is baked, you looked and kind of examined the layers. Maybe we start to look at some of that and like, yeah, they did. But here's what they face. So you, we, yeah. we're, we're going to figure out how to see this regression coming. I promise you that. And we're not going to get blindsided like this again Yeah. by a team going from second to 29th. This is kind of crazy. Now I think they'll settle better. They'll figure it out. Rivera, he's a good enough coach. He'll, he'll get them on track. But this has been a massive, massive downgrade yep. for the Washington football team. I mean, defensive regression is a real thing. We see it with Tampa. We're seeing it with Washington. And then it regresses on the positive side. We're seeing that with the Cowboys this year. So uh, I think it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting spot to be. And how does this, how is this first start move the odds in the division in the NFC East? So we've seen a pretty tremendous move in the odds in some spots and some spots, not so much now. Uh, the, we've been through three weeks. So after this week, Choppy, we will bring out, we'll unveil next week our first round of Pythagorean Theorem uh, rankings, which you and I made pretty good coin last mm-hmm. year, betting some uh, division futures using this method. 
Uh, and we'll get into how that works next week. But right now, Dallas has always been the favorite, right? However, the odds closed at preseason at Dallas plus 130, which means Vegas was saying at that time they had about a 43% chance of winning the division. But now Dallas is minus 185, which Vegas, that translates that they're saying it's 65% chance now of the Cowboys winning the division through three games. So obviously for betting purposes, you've lost all value. If you yeah. did not bet on your Cowboys preseason, you've lost all the value. But that's a hell of a turnaround in three weeks. And yeah. in fact, I actually looked it up in season. They were plus 135 after they lost week one to Tampa Bay. That was the high, that was the apex where you could have got that value at plus 135 on the Cowboys. Like I said, that value is gone now. So if you look at the rest of the teams, the Washington football team are in second place divisional odds race, but they closed at 230 preseason, which was a 30% chance to win the division. Now they're plus 450, which Vegas is saying they've got an 18% chance wow. of winning this division. Now, in full disclosure, I did bet the Washington football team in March at plus 450 when this odds came out, just because of all the uncertainty surrounding Dak. And everything that was to the and again, I sip the Kool-Aid on that defense, right? I'm just as guilty as anybody else. But I'll tell you this: if Washington loses this week to Atlanta, I might as well shred that ticket right now because I got mm-hmm. no shot at it. No shot. Uh, the Eagles are currently in third at plus 500, which actually is a slight improvement from plus 550 preseason, but it's still a 17% chance to win. And the Giants preseason plus 450. They're at plus 1300 now. Ooh. That's 7% choppy. So, and although I don't think you'll get any better value than betting the Giants on the Giants at this point. I'm not going to line, line up to throw my money away at a 7% chance. I don't feel like playing the lottery right this second. But I don't think they'll get any worse. So if you're going to bet the Giants, if you're going to back them, you might as well buy your ticket now. Because if they win a game, you're not going to get plus 1300 again. That's, no. what, that's all I'll say on that. So no. overall, Choppy, the Vegas is telling you Dallas is firmly in control of this division, 65% chance to win. And, you know, the problem, I said, well, of course, look at their record. I mean, they're two and one. The rest of these teams stink. But but that's not right. The way Vegas operates. In fact, if you look at the AFC West, uh, the Chiefs are still the odds on favorite and they're one and two and they're minus 125. So they're basically the same 60 percent chance as the Cowboys win their division. That's what Vegas is telling you for the Chiefs to win. There's the Broncos are three and oh, they're plus 350. So they're just slightly better than the Washington football team, the Chargers two and one and just beat the Chiefs. They're plus five hundred, and the Raiders are three and zero, and they're plus five twenty five. So what Vegas is telling you is, it is time to start selling your Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos stock. If you got it all piled up, you better sell it now, baby, because it's going down in value. Yeah, I think I saw like you could get really good value just to pick the Raiders to finish last in the yeah. division. Which I mean. The way Carr's playing, that would be surprising to finish last, but the division is very, very difficult. Um, well, I mean, Go ahead. Uh, they started 6-2 six and two and 6-3, and three, I think, the last couple of years, and they just melt down. So, you know, that is, that is their MO. Yeah, it is. Uh, let's look at the quarterback loss of value. How has that changed at all this year? So, looking at that, we had a couple games last week in the Super Contest that we hit. We told you about it right here on the podcast. Uh, the Bears were minus 7. They were minus 7 preseason. They were minus 7 go- – before the week started, they're minus seven after Andy Dalton was announced out and Phil's announced in. And we told you that's crazy because there's no way, there's no way mathematically could support Andy Dalton and Justin Fields being the same level against the spread or worth the same amount of points. We said it should have moved three, three and a half points. And we were right on that. And, you know, Chicago went out there and got crushed on the road, which was not 
that hard to predict against a good football team in Cleveland and a rookie making his first start. And, you know, Fields had a four QBR in his first action the week before. He had a six QBR last week. So I guess you could say it's 33% improvement if you wanted to be positive about it, but it's still a six overall. So that was one spot where the, the market did not move. However, Vegas did take in a lot of public money on that. So I think that that was what their goal was the whole time. And they didn't mind getting kind of knocked in the head a little bit by the sharp side if they could take the public money on the other side because they're always going to outweigh the money that they'll limit us to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the other game was Miami. We had Miami in Las Vegas catching four points. I think it was the Super Contest. I think it closed at three and a half. That line did move. The, I think it was three and a half points. But we told you the, the movement on that was baked in that them thinking Tua was not going to get announced in. And, of course, he was announced out. And it didn't move after that. So everybody's like, oh, it's no movement from Tua to – uh, Bursette, like, no, it was. It was three, three and a half points, but they just baked it into the cake. We just bet that Miami on that because we thought it was a little bit too much. Tua was not quite that valuable to the spread. And, you know, Bursette didn't play great, right? Mm-hmm. But Tua's not great. So, again, it, it pretty much did equal out that we were right on that. Now we got a little fortunate to uh, cover that in the end. But, you know, they did, they had a 14 nothing lead on the road. Yeah. So, we fought, thought Vegas would come out flat after being 2-0. did come out very flat. It's the exact start you need when you've got a dog, and that's that's how the game went. And thankfully for that 14 nothing start, that's the reason why we covered that game. All right, that's our look back at uh, week three in the National Football League. we got a lot. We, we, can, uh, you know, we can look ahead. Uh, we got the pizza money parlay. we got our best bets. That's all coming up. I'm RJ Choppy. He is Bo Repka. This is the Football 401K. Welcome back to the Football 401k. I'm RJ Choppy. He is Bo Repka. Let's quickly fire through these and look ahead at the games going on this week, Bo. Let's start off with Washington, the football team against the Falcons of Atlanta, fighting Matt Ryans, who, <laughs> uh, I, you know, they're, they, they stink. Yeah, they stink. Uh, Washington minus one at Atlanta. Now, Washington, I just said, burned us last week, right? But you can't let that affect your bigger picture. And the bigger picture is the line on this game was Atlanta minus three when Fitzgerald or Fitzpatrick was supposed to be the quarterback. Now it's Washington minus one with a skunky German beer throwing the ball around. And we just told you that QB value can be tricky, but Vegas has seen Heineke enough to get a handle on what he is and the spread, and so has the market. And while he is below average EPA plus CPOE, he's miles ahead of Ryan in that stat in this year. And Washington pass rush has struggled, but choppy. If you look at their most successful game, which was against the Giants, they had four sacks. And what did the Giants and the Falcons have in common? They are both bottom three of the league in offensive adjusted sack rate. Washington mm-hmm. is getting undervalued here a bit, and that's hard to do versus a bad as team as bad as Atlanta, but it is happening just because of that drumming they just took up in Buffalo. But uh, Washington is definitely the lean on this one. All right, Washington here. We got Chicago, Detroit. Uh, This game, this is the biggest line movement of the week in the NFL. Started at six. Now it's down to two and a half. Uh, The Bears are are favored. Is this a a downgrade for Chicago? Is this an upgrade for Detroit? What is this? Yeah, this is the Fields line move that should have happened last week, which we were thankful it didn't. Right now, the market is adjusted because now the public has seen two games for Phil. So now they're, if they left that line out there again at six, they were going to get hammered on both sides and they knew it. So they had to move it. It is down to two and a half. More money is coming in Detroit. I don't think that that's enough of a movement 
be honestly, to be honest with you. And here's why Detroit is sneakily the fourth best adjusted sack rate team on defense with eight sacks so far through three games. And you saw field struggles with pressure, obviously, which which young quarterback doesn't. And my biggest thing on this game is if you remember back when Chicago favorites, when we talked about backing favorites or backing dogs, you want low variance if you're going to bet a favorite, low variance. And we told you last week there is no higher variance in the National Football League than a rookie quarterback in the NFL. And unless the rookie is, you know, the McCookie monster up in New England because he's the most limited physically of all the quarterbacks, so he has the least amount of variance. Again, you got huge variance. You're having to lay points. Detroit's coming in. I think all the value here is on the kneecapper still. And, uh, you know, I don't know, Chop, you think – if Chicago loses this game handily, does, does Nagy get fired this week? Does he get run this week? You know, I think it depends. I think it depends on how the game goes. Like, does he start Fields? Does he start Dalton? You know, it's I, – I don't know that I would fire a coach uh, who has made the playoffs an awful lot with Mitchell Trubisky because the GM wanted to get rid of the quarterback and you drafted Fields. I mean, you got to give them a little bit of a chance. I think, I don't know. Maybe they don't feel that way, but I think you got to give them a chance. I mean, what are, you, are, are they really, ex- what are the expectations? Were you really expected? Now, I said if Fields was great, they're in the NFC Championship game this year. He obviously is not great. Well, not so far, uh, but Vegas' expectation, they were eight and a half wins, right? And we yeah. bet them on the under. That was one of our best bets in that division. I mean, the best case scenario for them was Andy Dalton was Andy Dalton. And they, yeah. he spares eight or nine wins, right? And maybe we win our bet, maybe we lose our bet. This is the best case scenario for us because it's a rookie quarterback. As long as he's playing, I feel good about our under coming. All right, how about Denver-Baltimore? This is the first game Denver is going to face or play where they face a team that has a win. Their opponents are 0-9 in the season. So how are we looking at this one? Yeah, this line's moved four and a half points, and I don't think that it's justified. Like you said, Denver's played three teams that are 0-3. Not only that, those three those three teams have a combined point differential of minus 107. So it's not just they played three bad teams. They might have played the three worst teams in all of football. Baltimore has major injuries all over the place, and historically this is a spot where Lamar has struggled when he's a short favorite or dog, like we told you in the divisional odds. Or no, so but but like we told you in the divisional odds, Vegas is telling you it is time to sell some of your Broncos stock. And on the flip side of that, Baltimore, even with all these injuries, even with you know a little bit of struggling here and there, scuffling against Detroit, they're still the favorite to win that division at plus one ten. And that's a division with Cleveland, who is a good football team. And if they're going to go win that division, they have to go win this football game, and they know it. Denver's a tough place to play for sure. But I think the injuries are getting overvalued here in the marketplace. I think Baltimore wins this one. I think they win it. I think they win this game easier than they've won any game so far. All right. And the Teddy Two Gloves look good, though. He is throwing the ball downfield. He's not checking Teddy Two things Gloves down. is slinging it, baby. Yeah, he is slinging it all over. <laughs> I love watching him. Uh, he, I, of, of all the quarterbacks, if you're just going based on – if you've never if you've never seen a football game before, mm-hmm. he's one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league after three weeks. He's if the you, number one number one EPA plus CPOE, number one. Yeah. If you've never seen a game, he is. Uh, New Orleans – and the Giants, the analytic-friendly New York Giants, apparently, uh, who, uh, you know, punt on fourth and three from the 39. Oh, God. I wish uh, – yeah, I wish that – who was – oh, New Mexico State. 
use those kind of analytics and they didn't go for it on fourth and 36 and cost us cover. That's a different story. That's a different story. But yeah, this game is a gross, gross game for us to handicap. And New Orleans is no doubt the better football team, but there aren't any better than they thought than we thought that they would be. Right. Winston, if this is how they're going to have to win and that's his ceiling, right. Throwing for under 200 yards, you know, he hasn't been impressive, but he's also still strong. He can still go full Winston, right, And week two have that stinker. Now, New Orleans is a tired football team. They haven't been home, and I don't know when. They haven't played a home game yet in a month, you know, of being on, being on the road, and the Giants are desperate. And believe it or not, you know, as much crap as we give uh, Daniel Jones, he's outperformed Winston in advanced analytics so far. And we're getting two and a half points of value from the opening line and one last nugget on this one, the Giants are 19-6 and six ATS in the last 25 road games, including 10-1 and one ATS in their last 11 as a road dog. It's a weird trend, but I think there is an actual correlation to it. And I think it's Daniel Jones and the pressure of New York. And I think it's once he gets out of that stadium, right, he's just expecting to get booed at the first bad thing that happens. When he's on the road and bad things happen to him, people cheer so he doesn't have the pressure of getting booed and he, you know, he can make comebacks. He can slide in that back door as a big dog like he is here. And I fully expect that to happen, man. I, I think that's the reason why that trend correlates so well of him being such a good road dog quarterback is because he's not worried about getting booed at his first incompletion or, you know, his mother being insulted in the stands or whatever else goes on. I don't know, but I think that's, I think it's a mental thing. And I think that's a real correlation. Yeah, interesting. And then uh, the final game we'll talk about, we'll talk about the Cowboy game. Cowboys and the uh, Carolina Panthers with sharp teeth and claws. Uh, this guy <laughs> 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 still love that guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Too. <laughs> I, I, oh. I don't get the line. I think the Cowboys uh, should be favored by more. But, you know, you got to hand it to Carolina. They have, you know, they've 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 pummeled teams. Yeah, uh, so this time, this is the first time it's been a zero delta on the Cowboys in our power rating, so no value here to us either way. However, it is hard for me to see Carolina being able to score the ball with Dallas. Uh, and the only two teams that have really given them trouble, Dallas it is, is Tampa Bay and, you know, the, the Chargers, they're, they both can score the football. Now, the Chargers didn't score the football, but that neither team did because of a cavalcade of, you know, penalties and turnovers or whatever yeah but that's where i think the cowboys only trouble is going to be this year is with teams that can score the ball you know i don't think a team like carolina now here's why i said earlier would be such a measuring stick game carolina's underlying numbers they have been so dominant that's why it is a zero delta they're number one in dvoa and defense right and for that reason even without their best offensive player the point spread is right where it should be now this is by far the best offense Carolina's seen or will see outside of Tampa Bay twice this season so we're about to find out how real that defense is and on the flip side of that this is the best defense the Cowboys have seen by far right Tampa Bay had a reputation in game one but obviously we know they're not that good so we're going to get to see a measuring stick on the Cowboys side on offense and we're going to see a measuring stick on Tampa Bay on the on the defensive side and these are the kind of games, this is why the data gets so sharp after about four weeks of the NFL, because we get these kind of matchups and we got to get to start to see who's for real and who's not. Again, Choppy, and I don't know, I, I don't know how you see it, but I just I see Dallas 
doing very well this season against teams that cannot score the football. Yeah. And Carolina is not going to, but here, but here's a sharp here. I think this is the sharpest point on this game. People are thinking, Oh, no McCaffrey, no McCaffrey. He's their highest usage player. He's this, he's that, whatever. And all that's true. However, sometimes choppy, when you lose your best player, you use your highest usage rate guy and he's a running back, you know, that, tends to make you throw the ball more, which mm-hmm. is actually better, right? It's the most efficient way yeah. to move the ball. So does Darnold throw it more? Do they become more dynamic on offense because of the loss of McCaffrey? Because they're not feeding him. We're not, they're not having – they know they can't just rely on a 19-16 to 16 game. I don't know. You know, but I think that's a sharper way to look at it, and I think that's the reason why it's definitely going to be a pass for me for sure, not only because the numbers are zero, but – we haven't seen this version of Sam Darnold in this right. offense without that guy to lean on. I mean, they could come out. I mean, Matt Rule could come out and throw it 50 times. You know, yeah. he's he could do that for sure. sure. And I think that he's a smart enough coach to know he's probably going to have to do that against this Cowboys team if if Dallas' offense performs like it should. There are uh, there are a couple teams that the Cowboys just match up really, really well with, and those are the teams like this that don't score. You know, Arizona – uh, and Minnesota, and Tampa, and the Rams. I don't want to see those teams in the postseason. You're going to have to. But those are teams that could score. And and, yeah. and the Cowboys. I don't know their defense can hang on, uh, hang up with that. So that's where we are, kind of thing. I mean, those. I, I know. I know. I just mentioned the four best teams outside of Minnesota. Uh, but, <laughs> but Minnesota <laughs> could score. Kirk Cousins have a great year. Minnesota could score like crazy. So he's I'm just having, waiting for them. Great yeah, I'm just yeah. waiting for them to get good. I wait for them to fire Mike Zimmer and stop blaming <laughs> Kirk Cousins for their failures and start blaming Zim. <laughs> That's what I'm waiting for. So, all right, that is uh, the look ahead at this week uh, in the football 401k. But let's make some money. We got our best bets, our pizza parlay, our NFL player prop special. It's all coming up next on the football 401k. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm 
Check your flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to Football 401k. Welcome back to the Football 401k. I'm RJ Choppy. He is Bo Repka. Let's get right to it. A little bit of best bets for the weekend. I'm going to throw out some uh, NFL games uh, this week Woo. that I've got, but I know, right? Uh, let's take a look at college football first. Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech. I almost don't even didn't want to put this game in there because I'm still mad uh, that Pitt beat my volunteers. But uh, what else is new? I'm just kind of used to it by now. Yeah, I don't think I was going to mention that in the handicap, except, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I was. But uh, anyway, Pittsburgh last week hammered something called New Hampshire, which I'm not sure if that's a school choppy or a financial institution. But either way, the ledger didn't balance out for New Hampshire. It was 77 to 7. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. Now, Pittsburgh goes to Georgia Tech, but they're only laying three and a half points. Choppy Pitt laid three and a half, two year balls in Tennessee earlier this year. And you already mentioned how it turned out, so we'll just move past it. But Georgia Tech and Tennessee are almost identical in our power rankings. But now, they weren't when they played Tennessee earlier. Tennessee was higher, so it means we are getting value here on Pitt, and Pitt can score the football. Forget the 77 they put up on the hedge fund. They scored 51 against UMass, 41 on Tennessee, and 41 on Western Michigan. Now, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech did put up 45 versus UNC, and that is where this game is getting overinflated. That's where the overinflations come from. UNC in that game, Choppy had three turnovers. Uh, they led to much lopsided, more lopsided score than it should have been. But before that, the most points Georgia Tech had scored all season against FBS school was 21 versus Northern Illinois, who was 125th in scoring defense, by the way. And they only scored 21. They gave up 45 points a game. Georgia Tech didn't even score half of their average. So love Pitt here. Love Pitt. Okay. I'm down. I like that. I like that uh, uh, that pick right there. How about, this is interesting, Alabama against Ole Miss. This bow was like a 20-point spread at 2 o'clock, and in four hours it went down to 14 and a half. I have not seen line movement like that in quite a while. All the uh, attention is on Ole Miss. All the betting, all the wagering is on Ole Miss. You're getting Bama at, at, at two scores. Nobody ever gets Bama at two possessions. 14 and a half is where we snagged this one at. Like you said, moved all the way down to that. Now, you need to grab it now if you're going to bet Mississippi. Don't let it slip any further because I think that it will. We told you on the podcast last year, that before, before last year, Nick Saban, if you took Tennessee out of it, was a 51% ATS coach in the SEC for his entire career at Bama. He, it's 50-50 with that guy, whether he covers, whether he doesn't. Now, last year, he only lost two games against the, eight, against the spread period, but it's a post-COVID college football world, and things have returned back to normal. The tied are 2-2 two two ATS on the season, the cumulative margin of minus four points. Ole Miss, on the other hand, is 2-0-1 oh, ATS with a plus 12 cumulative ATS margin. Bama covered against Miami and against Southern Miss, but they didn't cover against Florida with basically the exact same spread, which we had Florida in that game, and we hit that game now. That game was in Florida, but the difference between Florida, who is sixth in our power ranking, and Ole Miss, who is 10th, is about three points. So that's where you're seeing the flip. It's the same exact market. Bambit didn't come close to covering those two scores against Florida, and I think it's still wrong, and I think we're still getting the value on here. So hotty toddy, baby. 
Fifty-one percent against the SEC. If you take Tennessee out, if you add Tennessee, who are they? What are they at? Like seventy-five. Like oh <laughs> yeah, he's never lost. <laughs> I know. I know. I just undefeated against him. Okay. Yeah. So you like Ole Miss plus the fourteen and a half? Yes, sir. Ah, oh, it's gutsy. I like it. I like it. That's gutsy. I might be inclined to take Bam on that one, only just because I'm thinking this is one of those games. This is one oh, of those yeah. Bama games that Saban's like, yeah, we're we're going all in. But it, one last note on this game, the total, and this will be one of maybe two totals. You'll see this all year. It's going to finish around 80 or 81. There was only two, or I think there was four of those last year in college football. Three out of those four went under. But if it's going to go that way, which it easily can, you got Lane Kiffin in that offense. They're not going to stop throwing ever. That's a huge backdoor to walk into. So it's that's another reason why we like it so much. All right, very good. NFL player prop this week, Tom Brady. Over, under, two and a half passing touchdowns. You like the over? Swami. We love Swami the over boy. Now, this is about This is about as square as we're ever going to get on this podcast. But it's the situation. He's going to want to play his very best game in New England. And if he can help it, he is going to throw the ball in the red zone as much as possible. He'll take any cheap touchdown, especially because you know he wants to, be to get his yeah. boy Gronk involved. You know they want to shove it so far up Bill's rear end that he'll have to waddle his way out of that stadium. He won't be able to walk right for a week. That's what they want. Tommy is shown he's the most vindictive person yes. of all time. He's so petty, and I love it. And that pettiness is going to win us money, baby. That guy's going to score as many – he's going to throw as many touchdowns as he possibly can. On Sunday, they're he's put, not going to stop. They're putting fifty-one on the board. I got, uh, I got two. <laughs> I know, right? I have two NFL games I want to bet here. Uh, the first is Arizona and the Rams. I like the over in this game. It's at fifty-four. Uh, the Rams' offense is clicking, and Kyler. I mean, Kyler's a good player. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how the Rams' defense ain't as good as it was last year. It's good. It's good. They gave up twenty-four to the Colts with with Carson Wentz. They should have given up more. Carson turned the ball over in the red zone there and that ridiculous interception. Uh, <laughs> and they, you know, they, they allowed quite a bit of points to, to Tommy boy too. Uh, so give me the over 54 and I like Detroit plus three. Uh, you may get it. It may be at two and a half. I've also seen it at three. Yeah. Uh, if, if this is, this is going to be one of the wins they steal this year. Uh, Chicago looks right for the picking and Detroit has kind of beat themselves. Uh, Coach kneecaps a little bit more conservative. They would have liked, but, you know, Goff has not made plays, but he hasn't hurt them. He hasn't helped them. He's kind of been a safety guy. He's been a stabilizing force. Um, so I like Detroit plus three. Love that pick. Love that pick. All right. Good deal. Okay. Pizza money parlay time. Three teamer. Ten bucks to win 295. Kentucky plus 265. Charlotte plus 310. Liberty plus 105, Bo. The Liberty Liberties, baby. They did not cover last week. We we had the guts of a burglar, and we went against Liberty in the spread. We pulled that one right out of the fire. I wouldn't advise that too much, though. They're the best team, ATS, in all of college football since, I think, about 2015 or 16. The Liberty Liberties, they don't fall very often. They're going to go win a game on the road this week. Uh, their quarterback's going to have a good bounce-back performance. He's a pretty good little quarterback, and people need to start paying attention to him. Uh, and then on top of that, I feel the best about this parlay. I felt about any parlay. So I'm going to advise everyone to sprinkle, sprinkle a little something on each one of these games individually. Because if Kentucky or Charlotte hit, you're paid already. So this is one of those you want to bet each leg individually also along with the parlay. Again, I wouldn't go full unit, but 
maybe half unit on each. And if your unit's 100 bucks, that's 135, you know, one, what is that, 165 and then 50 bucks, basically. Any one of those hits, and you are paid. All right. Good stuff. So there it is, Kentucky, Charlotte, Liberty, the Pizza Money Parlay, $10 to win 295 We also are on Pitt minus 3.5, Ole Miss plus the 14.5, Tom Brady over 2.5 passing touchdowns, Rams cards over, Detroit plus 3. All right, Bo, another great episode of the Football 401K. Where can we find you on social media and such? You can find us at FGH Vegas on Twitter. You can find us at thefootballgloryhole.com, or you can find our podcast, The Football Glory Hole Podcast, anywhere. And I mean anywhere you find podcasts. I'm RJ Choppy from 105 Through the Fan. Find me Monday through Friday, 530 to 10 on 105 Through the Fan. Myself and Sean Sharif Troy Hughes on Twitter at RJ Choppy. I keep it simple, and I'm a lord. Yes, I am <laughs> a styled lord. For Bo, I'm RJ. We will talk to you guys next week on the Football 401k. Let's win some cash.